grabbed your legs, how can you do this fake bike to tell you how dangerous bullshit news is for your health? Listen to Charlie LaDuff, but don't bullshit news out. Ow. I'll beat it. That's what I take my glasses off like crack guy. This just did breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. Na 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 na. No bullshit. No bullshit. We're on. Listen, if you're not listening to the no bullshit news hour. Well, I guess you are because you're listening. But if your friend's not, <laughs> tell him to wake the F up because this is the only hour you need all week. No bullshit. Right? Where do we go? All the news you need. No BSNewsHour.com or go to the, the app, right? Go on your phone. Get an iPod app. Just put in LaDuff. No Where, bullshit. Wherever podcasts are found. Oh, they're everywhere and they suck. I know. Everybody what, has a podcast. That's what we got today. We're the Facebook Live. So if you're listening at home, guess what we got today? We have, on this, the fifth year anniversary. This week is the fifth year anniversary of Detroit coming out of its historic bankruptcy. You know, we got exclusive. Get, beep, 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 We have emergency manager, former emergency manager, Kevin Orr. Never granted an interview since he left town. He's here today exclusively talk about... What happened, where we are, and where we're going. Hopefully we'll get those answers. And Flint, maybe we'll find out a little bit about how that deal went down. Hmm. Good deal, Charlie. You involved in that deal? No, I was not. As, you know, the administration during that time, you weren't consulted about Flint leaving the Detroit water system? No, I don't recall. I do not recall. This is going to be good. It's going to be very good. I got to say this, though, the uh, Facebook Live brought to you by American Coney Island. At the corner of Lafayette and Michigan. Only place for Coney Dogs. Downtown, historic. But look, here's the deal. It's your last chance to order a Coney kit and ship it to your friends for Christmas. The cutoff for Christmas delivery is this Sunday night at 5 p.m. You go to AmericanConeyIsland.com and put in your order. I'm telling you, it's the greatest gift. Nobody's done their shopping. That's the one. AmericanConeyIsland.com. A dozen dogs. All the fixings, you get the Vidalia onion, you get the buns, you get the chili, you even get the cute little hat, and instructions. What I American was going to say, how about the instructions, because that's important. Yeah, do not boil these things. How do you cook them? You roast them. What do you fry mean? Them. Roast fry them. them. Who? You can fry them. Oh. You know. I don't <laughs> know. Or roast the them in the oven. I don't get know. The, get the fucking instructions. <laughs> I don't cook. I don't I know. got a lot to do. <laughs> Jesus. Christmas will be here now. Yes. But the cutoff again is Sunday? At Sunday, 5 p.m. 5 p.m. Mary Coney Island.com and you order it 
before Sunday, no, they'll make it. Yeah, time. because next Monday's the 23rd of December. That's too close. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're not it's gonna almost do Christmas. It, it is. is. Not, I've done nothing. I've done no I shopping. Enough chit-chat. We got, All right, we got no or coming on. All right. This guy's no very busy, you know, doing bankruptcies and shit. Got a thing. <laughs> but, okay, look, first the news. Look at it. Right there. Is this camera on? I want to see if... Let me see that. Am I in the frame? Am I in the frame? Yep, you are. Where's the fucking picture? It's on Facebook, Charlie. Yeah, but I got to... You got to trust. Okay. He's got it. It's all right. He's got it. It's there. there. What's that say? What's that say? Misconduct investigated in Detroit drug unit. Lame headline. Very wishy-washy. But we told you. This week's news, a couple weeks ago, the investigation in Detroit's narcotic union uh, unit, DPD, it's huge. What do we got here? I'm going to give you the planning evidence. Lying to prosecutors in search uh, warrant affidavits. Robbing dope dealers and embezzling funds. It's so big they set up a hotline. Wow. Okay, that's just in the last year and a half. Here we have six instances of narcotics officers stealing money from drug dealers. Two cases of officers planting drugs on suspects. False affidavits were presented to prosecutors to get search warrants. Drug suspects were designated as confidential informants without the prosecutor's permission. Funds meant to pay informants were embezzled. Dope was stolen out of evidence lockup and changed. It's like baby powder for the cocaine. One guy that ratted himself out gave a confession. The narcotics cop sold it back to him for 15 grand. What? This, now, what is the point here? Sold it back to who? Back to the, the, the dope dealer. Hey, I, I'll so give, they, I, I busted you and I took your dope. Yeah. And then I took it out of lockup. And I'll give it back to you. And I'll sell it back to mm-hmm. you. So you get on it. Clever of nothing else. That oh one I've God. never heard. Not never even heard. Serpico did that. You know, the, New York back in the day. Right. Wow. Now, you got to remember, the narcotics union was busted up in 2015 for the same shit. We were promised it was going to be redone by the chief of police currently, James E. Craig. Right? Nothing was done. You know what he did? He changed the name of the unit. It's major violators, but it's the same guys. Same guys. Except the commanding officers of narcotics were moved out, and you know what they became? What? Deputy chiefs of police. Nothing was put in place. Now, folks, I don't like to do this. It takes a lot out of my stomach. It does. But you have a right to know between all the candy cane and floss and cotton ball bullshit you're reading, this is what's going on. And why is this put out now? What do we know in the last couple weeks? Homicidal maniacs shooting up houses and they've got his name and they don't go get him. And an officer gets killed by the guy. And a civilian gets killed by the guy. Right? And they knew the guy. They knew who it was. They knew who it was. Homicides through the roof. We might hit 300 again. That's crazy. We could go on and on and on. And you know, everybody that listens to the program knows the statistics, the pay, the morale. It's time to go. We, this is an embarrassment. It's just out of control. All the racist shit going on. And, and, you, and you think of that, Charlie, and all those factors weigh into whether or not this is indeed a new, better, redefined Detroit. And the answer is no. It's not. 
and Mr. Orr hired the chief of police. I was going to say, where because I, I remember that the transactions, you know, as they were taken, there was a lot of moving pieces, a lot of mar- conversations going on. And I was wondering, because who was the person that tapped uh, the chief for? Who gave, who gave Orr his name? We can ask him today. Write that yeah. down. Write that, because that's, uh, well, you that's know, something you, a lot of people want to know. Well, because there's also the, the, the question that has uh, come up about that U of M connection. Snyder. Dunn, yes. Orr. All alum Stacey of Stacy Fox. All alum of U of M. Yeah. So you know, in terms U of M law. Well, yeah, but in terms of that connection, yeah, I'd like to know that. Okay, but I'd like to know more about like where we're going. Well, that's and, all and, very and interesting. That but, is, but cutting health care, cutting pensions, cutting wages. But did this give us enough breathing room? What are you expecting to say, Charlie? He's going to say, yeah, because if not, it's going to be reflection on well, him and his team. We could ask him, I mean, was this his vision five years out post-bankruptcy? Well, let's find out. I mean, like, what was he planning on doing? Let's yeah. find out because maybe he set a template and he expected adults to be running this town. Are you cutting to her? You looking at these faces? Look at these faces on her. <laughs> Don't look I mean, we face. gave us some breathe, <laughs> breathing room. But this is the thing, Charlie. Like part of the big bargain, you know. Wait, I mean, wait, wait. No, we got news to do. We all right. We, you tell Kevin this. Okay. Part of the big bargain the was. <laughs> go ahead. Let's do this. No, what I'm just. I'm just bargain? thinking in terms of you know when we talk about compensation for our police department with law enforcement uh, and crime being a major issue in terms of you know where the city is or is not. Why wasn't that part of the factor? You know, I mean, a, a disposition of assets and a restructuring of debt doesn't ensure, in my opinion, financial stability if we aren't rebuilding the tax base. Yeah, well, look, the guy's not the czar. Here's your breathing room. Here's your okay. breathing room, Well, right? and, Yeah, and that's just my I mean, thought. Well, here's, here's, here's your breathing room on the backs of the cops and the firefighters. Well, let's find, you know, like, why, why didn't you totally get rid of pensions and just do 401k like Oakland County? Because we still got to keep paying these things. And the pension obligation that's coming up in, what, 2022? 2024? 2023, which is the fiscal year 24. Right, so which is 200, $220 million $200 million yeah. a year. That's crazy. And we aren't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll find out. I got some numbers. Well, okay. we, well, we won't find out. We know. We don't have the money. That's for sure. That's I mean, that's... Okay, let's do this. Now, This, the impeachment documents are going to the floor for a vote next week. This is turning into be a loser for the Democrats. It's a losing proposition. I'm not saying I understand. it's proper or you don't have the right to do it or the legal foundation is there, but this is a loser. Polls are showing it because the point is uh, one of the latest polls shows Trump, who was behind, in some cases, double digits to the Democratic challengers, leads them all. He leads Biden by five in Michigan. He leads Warren by nine Sanders by 6, Buttigieg by 11, and Bloomberg by 11. So what does that say to you, Charlie? I say it's on we. People are tired, right? Like, they just filed the papers for a vote. Mm -hmm. And none of it, none of the charges, which is what? Abuse of power, right? To help himself. Right. By trying to shake down the Ukraine. Right. And obstruction of Congress. And obstruction of Congress, Mm -hmm. not cooperating with him. Do you remember the last two and a half years of the Mueller investigation mm-hmm. and potentially he obstructed justice? That's not even in there. None of There's no mention of that report. None of that is in the articles of impeachment. Dare I ask? Because well, it, it was a political decision. 
When what what is that political decision? Well, the Democrats didn't want to over broaden the charges on it. They wanted to be very specific and keep it keep it simple, stupid. So what this says to me, just as, you know, as a voter, it says, well, that whole thing was a waste of time. We just decided to do something else now. It, it comes across as a distraction. Uh, and people, you got to understand, too, impeachment and removal of office are two different things. So, yes, right. you know, it's not just if you impeach him, he's out. No, that's the not Senate it. now has to have the trial and there's and, not the and, votes. And, there. And exactly. And so, you know, just like Brenda Lawrence told us. Yeah. And but it becomes it becomes a distraction. Um, and I think we had a listener once and I don't, uh, responded on Twitter and said, you know, how dare I say people don't care enough, but people don't pay attention at the at, at in-depth level. So it becomes engrossing and like, wow, look at what's happening. And we're going through this. But the reality is, is that when it pans out, it's not going to make the difference that people think or hope that it would. Well, it's especially especially when the economy is still good. Yeah. Well, look, you should or listen some. to Brenda Lawrence up there instead of bullying her. She was right. She was right. Calling for the censure she, vote. She's an adult, a censure, a, a, a spanking, mm -hmm. a scarlet letter. She could have got some Republican votes on that. She was right, and the machine, Donkey Incorporated, shut her down. So what are they busy doing? What are they all doing? Let's look at our other congressperson from Detroit, Rashida Tlaib. What are you doing? You're tweeting about white supremacy in the, in the sad hate crime terrorist shooting in Jersey City of Orthodox Jewish people. Except it turns out it's the Hebrew Israelites. It was a bunch of black guys. Put the fucking Twitter down and do some work. It will be better for her to maybe play up and explain to us why she voted against a $700 billion Pentagon budget, which there's a lot of right in what she did there. There's no audit. Right. We don't know what's in that or how they're going to spend it. I agree with a raise for the troops, for sure. But a space force? Space balls? <laughs> could, could we, you know what I mean? And that had a lot of bipartisan support because they love to spend money that we don't have. But right. people, people respond. What a clown! To, people respond to emotion, and politicians know that, and so they do and say the things that evoke an emotion in their constituents or in the public. Fact, be damned! It's just all about emotion. It's just clicks. Yeah, but it is governing Trump. by clicks. That's what's happening. Look, it's 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 you got to say it. It's it's a winner for Trump this week. Okay, <sighs> they're going to impeach him, and it's a win because he's got a trade deal with China, however weak it might be. He's got the NAFTA redo, mm -hmm. USMCA, which is about 90% NAFTA. There's a few things about, you know, agricultural goods and some pharmaceuticals. Some environmental things. And then the factory, like, you know, the auto factories, 70% of the parts have to be, you know, produced in North America. And 40, 45% of those parts have to be made in a factory where you make 16 an hour. Yeah, okay. Something. Yeah. And then the Pentagon budget. So, and he's up in the polls. So if you really want to take this guy out, make the case. Do some stuff. But no, they voted with him on USMCA because they need a win, because it's an obvious question. What did you accomplish? I, I just, I don't know. a mess. It is a mess. It okay. really is it a is. mess. And then real quick, um, gingerbread Gretch, Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah, what? what taking what to Twitter that? to change the subject. The subject being, you got nothing done your first year. No roads. The, the insurance rates on the on the uh, cars haven't done anything. They're pushing the sports betting. The Republicans put yeah. put <laughs> That's back true, right right. <laughs> the, the Republicans a, uh -uh. put back the budget cuts. 
that she threw a fit over. Okay, I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna cut the budgets in your in your districts. And they put them back. That's terrible. Whoever advised her to do that should be ahead, fired. Play, play that. Okay, go ahead, Karen. Go go ahead and narrate here. Okay. Today we're gonna bake. <laughs> we're gonna make a gingerbread house. No. But it's pre-made. Kevin's getting I a understand. little crinkle lamb that he can play with. She's got Peloton white eyes. This is terrible. It's a hostage. What is your holiday favorite oh, movie? I don't know if it's really a holiday movie, but we watch it every holiday. Uh, Trading Places with Eddie Murphy. Where is this? In the cafeteria of the... So That's funny. what it looks like, because I see the, 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 the coffee thing in the back and... I mean, I, I see they're trying to personalize or humanize her, King but this just the timing. Can we listen to this? Hold on. That was like kind of a standard in our house. Least favorite holiday food? Not really a green bean casserole, gal. Who eats that? I love it. Ugh. <laughs> Donner and Blitzen and Comet and Cupid. <laughs> Rudolph. Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donder, Blitzen. I don't know. No, I can't. It's thunder and lightning, Donder Blitz. <laughs> I named a handful. Good Lord. Okay, you see, you can't see at home, but you can see on Facebook Live. See the gingerbread house? There's no emergency exit. Put an emergency exit on it, Gretch, because the house is on fire. It's a lost year. I just want a coffee because the coffee are in the coffee machine in the back, so on my yeah, look how they tidied it up. Jeez. So what, what is this, Karen? I have no idea, Charlie. I just I think that it is somebody's idea to try to humanize, personalize um, the governor, show that she's one of us, like us. She does the same things. But the timing on this is terrible. And why wouldn't you go to a house? Yeah, I mean, go What's to the a timing? kitchen or something. Well, yeah. because, Charlie, we're in the middle. We we have You just said it. We have no resolution for the roads. I mean, we've got the budget issues that are still floating around. She has no major wins right now. Um, and so I think it it's kind of insulting, if you were to ask me. If she had her stuff together, then, yeah, that would be great. That would be beautiful. That would be wonderful. We could embrace it. But no. So whoever advised her to do that. No, you're only as good as the people around you, and that's not the first indication to me that the people around her mm, yeah. aren't, aren't, aren't 200%. I'm looking at who's retweeting this, too. It's like government bureaucrats, it's special interests. Oh, it's, yeah, but they're trying to say, oh, you know, she made it. She didn't make the gingerbread house. She's kind of half, can I curse on here? She's kind of half-ass well, decorating yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, you know. Right, like, she didn't make on, it. She, she just decorated yeah. it and, 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 it, and did a piss-poor job. And it's not even personal because it's not in a kitchen. It's no. in a cafeteria. So it's very sterile. Very clinical. Very, exactly. Yeah, very, yeah. like, kind of not really well thought out. Come here, Governor. Put some put some things on here. Let us ask you some questions. No. Yeah. It's now, like a BuzzFeed thing. No. Well, that's totally bullshit news what we're doing. Look at the <laughs> look at the, the Twitter no. cake making session. But the point is, look, I'm not for sale, but I, I madam, I, I give you some advice. <laughs> Who are you listening to? Some the, the bullshit, super... I told you stay off of Twitter. The person who didn't tell her she had an iron mark on her clothes when she was making a presentation to a group full of executives. That's who. Yeah. You, you, two things that you do when you work for... You know, if you're on a team, uh, whether it's an elected official or anybody, to prepare and to protect. So if you're afraid of the person that you're working for to tell them, hey, you've got spinach dip on your cheek or you, you're, you're you closed, can't do the job. then you can't do the job. Because that person is going out, and you can say it's trivial, but presentation matters. I couldn't listen to what she was saying because it was this big iron mark on it. I was like, who let her come out like this? Here's the thing. It's best if 
if you if you come and you answer some real questions. What help? You know, the audience here is big and they're smart and they're normal, right? Don't bring don't don't break gingerbread houses. And they pay attention. Come on, because you know there's only four people dodging. They're all holding office. There's a chief of police who, by the way, we've started talking again on on, on text. I'm glad he to wanted hear to that. thank me for vouching for the fake signature that wasn't his on the coward Good. cop in the death of the other cop. So he's going to have a podcast and he's invited me on. Oh, good. Really? Oh, good. Is he going to come <laughs> on our podcast? Here? Stay off the social media, boss. No. He, no. You, know, I, you know, I like the chief. So I'm glad to hear that you yeah, guys are talking. You know, okay, it, whatever. Time to go. I understand. Well, Charlie, I'm just saying I'm glad time. that you two are talking. You were very supportive, you know, um, and, in a very objective manner. You have been. So I'm glad you so guys are talking. So here's the thing. I mean, the, uh, <laughs> the governor, the attorney general, the mayor, and the chief. That's it. We got Kevin Orr coming on here. I'm not going to bite his on. Oh, he's on. All right. Oh, so okay. let, me, let me do this. Let me just, you know, this cannot be done. Without support, you know, from our sponsors, and we ask you to support them. That includes Hall Financial on their way to, yes, 1,000 five-star reviews from their happy clients. They're on a mission to get there by January 1st, so check them out. Their team of professional uh, brokers provides every client with VIP service, ensuring they feel like a name, not a number. Hall Financial knows how to deliver five-star service. That means your schedule, availability at night or on weekends, they're going to work for you, right? You can refi. You can take some equity out of your home. And you won't be charged hidden or extra fees. Know what you're getting when you work with Hall Financial. Call them at 248-308-5000. Rates have never been lower. Or chat with them at davidhallmortgage.com. Give them a chance today, the official mortgage lender, the no-bullshit news hour. NMLS 1467435. And ADR, good friends, ADR. Experienced, competent, honest, ethical, and smart. Overseeing more than a quarter billion dollars in private and public construction projects since the turn of the century. Call Barry Ellentuck at 248-318-9424 for a consultation. ADR Consultants, providing construction management and IT consulting services for your company, municipality, or law enforcement agency. Get the job done right on time, on budget. ADR Consultants, 248-318-9424. And my man, Luke Nowacki, who reminds you overreaction is not the strategy for the long-term investor. Is it Kevin Orr? Hello, Mr. Ledeff. How are you? I'm just finishing up this. I'm very well, sir. Listen, overreaction is not the strategy for the long-term investor, is it? Now, well, I'm not going to give anybody investment advice. A panic is not a strategy. Thank you. Let me finish this. You heard that. Kevin Orr. Panic is not a strategy. I like that. Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Well, 248-663-4748 for rational financial advice. Don't listen to the pundits. Don't listen to your gut. Listen to the experts. Be reasonable. Get a plan for you and your family. What are you looking to do? Grow your investments? Put something away for the kid for college. What are you trying to do? Retire? Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Well, 248-663-4748. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, and services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance, Inc. <laughs> Panic is not a strategy. I like that. I might have to borrow that. 
I'm happy to welcome Kevin Orr, the partner in charge of the Jones Day Law Firm in Washington, D.C., but you know him better as the former emergency manager of Detroit that took us through the historic bankruptcy, which this week is the five-year anniversary. I believe, Kevin, you've never really talked about your tenure here since you left town. No, I, I really haven't, Charlie. I mean, I, I'm glad everything returned to the regular order. And hello to you, Charlie and company uh, there. But no, I've tried to you know, stay away and, and let things settle back down and get back to business as usual. A little better than business as usual. Karen, Karen Doom is here. You know Karen, right? Yeah, yeah. I know Karen. Yeah, she's all pissing vinegar today. What's, what's with the face? <laughs> because he said, get back to normal. And I'm like, no, we didn't want to go back to normal. That our yeah, normal. I, that, that, yeah, yeah, I heard you. You corrected it. So I straightened my face. Okay. It's all good. <laughs> Karen, I knew, I knew you were there. So I tried to straighten it up all Okay, right. before you jumped on. So I tried to get it right. I wouldn't okay. dare. <laughs> okay. Well, we might as well start with this, just, just for some perspective, Kevin. I mean, why... Did Detroit declare bankruptcy? Well, Charlie, I mean, this all has been, you know, written about quite a bit, but in a nutshell, I'll try to give you the nickel tour. You know, we had 70 years of structural decline, both from a balance sheet perspective, demographic decline, you know, 67 riots led white flight, but also population loss, um, infrastructure requirements. And a lot of funded debt. We borrowed, I, I use we, still use we, we borrowed a lot of money. Um, if, if you look at just the book transactions between 2005 and 2006 with the so-called COPS, uh, which you could call pension bonds, certificates of participation, that was a billion all in. And then with the swaps that came on the hills of eight and nine, uh, we put another half a billion in. So that was on the eve of the financial crisis, QE1, quantitative easing in 2008 number one in QE2 in 2009, you know, in the span of about three and a half years on a billion dollar general fund budget, we brought $1.5 billion. And that was in the uh, accumulated $18.3 plus billion all in debt. We just, just couldn't pay it. There was no way to pay it. So we had to find a way to rationalize balance sheet as a condition to getting to the ability of the city to provide services and operate in a more orthodox course. That's, that's why we had to file. So we had approximately $18 billion in debt, and bankruptcy yeah. did not erase the debt. Uh, $11 billion still outstanding. Uh, of the seven, we were able to rinse through. About right. five, $5.5 has to do with future medical benefits and, and pensions, correct? So it was really right. it, the working person well, took it on the chin here. Well, no. The uh, the funded debt, eighteen billion, was all in. The the pension and OPEB were prospective debt. What we would have to pay the pension funds claimed a liability of somewhere uh, nominally of about two plus billion dollars. They were given an allowed claim of one point two five billion, of which eight hundred sixty million from the grand bargain went to reduce that claim. They actually got one of the largest single cash recoveries. In the bankruptcy, healthcare was prospective. Healthcare was the anticipated debt mm-hmm. that the city would have, which was actually larger than pensions. If you look at the numbers, absolutely over the outline years, which which wasn't debt that we borrowed, but it would be an obligation that we would have had to pay in the coming year. So it's prospective, and we paid that debt out of ordinary course general fund dollars, and that debt, the potential healthcare spend, 
was slated to rise almost 70 to 75 percent of the general fund budget by the year 2025. In other words, it would have swamped us. The funded debt, meaning the uh, uh, cops and swaps and bondholders, for those bondholders that had secured debt principally at DWSD and other enterprise funds, that is funds that generate revenue from operations, so the water department generates revenue and others, that debt was preserved because it was like a mortgage holder. So, so think of debt like, one, your mortgage company or bank, two, uh, your credit card company, which is unsecured, that's unsecured debt, and then three, what you might have to spend in a healthcare savings account should you get sick. So your mortgage company, you got to pay if you want to stay in the house and want to stay in the house. Your credit card debt, well, they get the benefit of their bargain. They didn't have a security interest, so we reduced that. The pension debt, because they had assets in the pension funds, I think general fund was somewhere in the 70s, but PFRS, the police and fire retirement system, was somewhere in the 80s. They had assets which they could generate revenue, so they had a better recovery. But the, the unsecured, unfunded debt was what was really reduced, and that was Fidget and the others that got payments in kind, you know, opportunities for the parking lot and for the Joe and things like that, because we just didn't have any cash to pay. Right. You want to know the consequence now? You're gone, but let me tell you what's going on here. Our mm-hmm. cops are so old and they're so angry because, you know, like you put in your 20, 25 and you're 50, 55 years old, but you don't have health insurance now. So you're, you're hanging out. We, we got cops, like a lot of them, 62, 63. So they, they wanted me to tell you that. Yeah, no, I, I've I've heard that. I still stay in touch. You'd be surprised. Oh, I know with you do. A number a number of officers who count themselves as my friends, and one of the things we did, on the advice of of their retirement systems, was to fund a voluntary employment benefit association, which was designed to provide them with health care. So I I hear um the complaints, but I always say to everyone, well, what was the alternative? If you recall, Charlie. Uh, specifically in the pension funds, for instance, there were investments that were being made, which by any, you just had an advice, you know, a, a uh, advertisement for prudent investment management. There were some very imprudent investments that were made. And I don't, I don't want to belabor that because we're five years out, but they right. were all chronicled. On the healthcare spend, there was a number of issues, which, as I just said, would have been 75% of the general fund budget. That means any other services that would have been required could not have been produced. And, and worse than that, the real fear was, that the demographic decline would continue to slide. You had to halt that because Detroit oftentimes thinks that, that, you know, these issues are expressing themselves in Detroit, but they're expressing themselves here in Washington, D.C. You go through Searson, Quarter, Shaw, UDC. There are issues regarding uh, longevity, uh, gentrification. You go to the Hill in Atlanta, Potrero Hills in San Francisco. Um, you can go down to, to Comer, Overtown, uh, Liberty City in, in uh, Miami. I mean, any major metropolitan city is running Baltimore, is running up the east side of Baltimore, is running up against these issues. So they're current. My own belief is that we did a, a fairly good job, I think, of rationalizing the balance sheet, providing reinvestment revenues, and dealing with the issues at hand. I think this discussion should be part of a broader urban policy summit. I think our, our urban centers, as well as our rural centers, are being stressed. I think they're expressing themselves in a lot of anxiety, um, income inequality, wealth gap, uh, health care inequality, fear. And I think they really can only, they can't be handled episodically city by city. They need to be handled on a more comprehensive national basis. 
that's how, after all, we got so Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. And so those are so the national basis. Those are very real. The stress and the fear and the anger. Yeah. Because yeah. it's true what people are saying. They, it, the future does not look bright. I mean, I look at. Sure. Let, let me ask you, like in this way. Mm-hmm. Who's next? I mean, Chicago and Illinois are super stressed. Baltimore probably can't make their obligations. Los Angeles, the state of Connecticut, yeah. Puerto Rico. I mean, yeah. there is there are dark clouds on the horizon, are there not? There, there are, they aren't. I mean, you, you know, you mentioned Chicago, for instance. Certainly, Chicago, which has fifty aldermen, uh, for one thing, and and the new mayor that took over is doing a phenomenal job. But I think you saw some of that expression in the teacher uh, strike, which occurred in the city. And she had to cycle through that. But Chicago also has a very healthy tax base. Um, it is stressed, but it has pretty good revenue when you go, you know, north of the loop um, into some of the other areas. So each each municipality, Miami, Miami in the 80s was highly stressed. Remember those articles with the last American out, turn off the lights, and Paradise Lost, Time, Newsweek, and Written Off Miami? If you've been down there lately, the place is going away with a bullet. I mean, it is it is growing at an exceedingly high rate. Comer, Liberty City, and Overtown still have problems. So it's it's not that there's not a way to deal with it and some people are feeling stressed. It's how do we allocate resources in a way that can meet those needs. We can't do that episodically. We can't have one city here try to address it and put on a band-aid there and one city here try to do it any more than we could have episodic 50 different Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security programs. What would that look like? Then why, uh, why don't we... Why don't we tax gravy and not sweat? Why are capital gains well, rates lower than income tax rates? Why are, the, yeah, are these corporate that's breaks? Policy. That's right. That's fiscal policy that goes to incentivizing shareholders to make investments. So let's be clear. I'm a capitalist. I work in the belly. You know, I started uh, going to college as a Trotskyite. I wanted to study entrism as a way to reformism under Trotsky's doctrine. Wait, what? Yeah, man. I started out as a, I started out as an unrepentant socialist. I had Mao's little red book in my back pocket. Trotsky's not a socialist. That's a communist. Wow, a communist. A communist. Yeah, all that. Well, you remember what happened to Trotsky? He got an ice pick in the back of his neck in Mexico. Yeah, right? but he also slept okay, with Frida you know, Kahlo. So I mean, you know, half dozen of one. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, so I started out with that thought until I realized it's something that uh, who Churchill said. Democracy is the worst form of government except all others. Capitalism is the worst form of government except all others. I mean, if you go around and you look at proponents of socialist doctrine, you know, communists, you know, Russia, uh, Mao, Jiang, Pol Pot, and others, it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. So it's what we have. So the question is, is not, is there a better system? The question is, how do we make the system we have better? That's it. And how do we make it more inclusive? And this is, remember, Roosevelt. You know, back in the, the 30s and the 40s, started talking about Social Security and Medicare, Medic, and, and there was a coup plot. It's called the business plot. Um, Smedley Butler, two-time Marine Corps colonel, Medal of Honor winner, exposed it by where certain capitalists were either going to depose or assassinate FDR. That's, look it up, business plot. That, that was the level of angst over income disparity. But he was finally able to push for what was considered at the time a fairly radical reform, which we all, conservative and, and progressive, take for granted now, called Social Security. The reason it's called Social Security is it was socialist at the time. So, so we need to address these on a more macro way. But we're not going to, Kevin. Getting back to the city. 
You you, I, you I, know I, we're not going to. We, I, I, we always I, have to get to the point of collapse and emergency for anything serious to be done. I think we dither while Rome burns. Kevin, can I ask you, why, 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 did, why yeah, Detroit, yeah. I mean, certainly, you know, there are other cities around the country that, you know, as you indicated, were stressed or financially stressed or um, the, whose circumstances uh, on, on paper, if nothing else, mirrored those of Detroit. Why Detroit, why, haven't, why hasn't any other city or has any other city filed bankruptcy? I, I think there are three reasons. Other cities have, city of Stockton and other systems have, like the uh, Alabama Culver system. But I think three reasons for Detroit. One, it takes a level of leadership in structural engineering to want to do it, take it up, and, and good, bad, right, or wrong. But then governor um, decided that was something he wanted to take up. And what people don't realize about that is that process started in 2011. You guys were there. You remember Public Act 72 and Public mm-hmm. Act 4 that eventually got to 36. So it, it takes some leadership to say, I'm going to take this up because it is not going to be popular. It is going to be wildly unpopular. And no matter how successful it is, they're going to be critics who forget that we had seven and a half to eight years of a kleptocracy under the prior mayor, okay, who, who charitably, under Barbara McQuaid's uh, uh, indictment, stole $75 million. There are allegations that it could have been as much as $200 million. And so people may have been upset about a restructuring, but they should have been upset about an elected official who stole tens of millions of dollars from the city. Okay, so that's number one. You have to have leadership take it. Number two, it is a combination of federal and state law. Um, Tenth Amendment of the Constitution allows for states' rights and federalism. It is, it is unique. Detroit is unique in that the Michigan state constitution, the 73 state constitution, had two provisions which were relevant for Detroit. Number one, they made the governor, the chief executive, of all subdivisions of the state, including municipalities. So when people were saying you're suspending our democracy, no, actually under your constitution that was voted for in 1973, you appointed the governor to be the chief executive and continue democracy. In addition, you had two elections in the city during that time. So not all states have the infrastructure, the constitutional doctrine to be able for it to be achieved. And number three is it, we have reached a critical point. Um, there are certain metrics in municipal finance that if you go above, say, 20, 25 percent, uh, your general revenue fund is dedicated to serving legacy costs, mm-hmm. you're at that Malcolm Gladwell tipping point. You're at a point of no return. If the forecasts say that's going to accelerate and not get any better, you're getting into a point where if you think things are bad now, you think 40% of your lights are bad, you think 20% of your housing stock is blighted, you think 60% of your calls, Tier 1, EMT, or police calls don't answer, that could go to 30% of your housing stock, 60% of your lights. 80% of your calls, 90% of your scout car fleet is now dilapidated and beat down because it becomes entropic. It just starts to eat on itself. So those measures in combination with leadership, but also hmm. the structure of your own state constitution allowed it to be done um, in Michigan and Detroit. I'm not sure many states have that provision. Okay. So you want to nerd out on some numbers. Everybody else, go get yourself <laughs> something to eat because I want to nerd out a little bit with you. This very week, the five-year anniversary of the bankruptcy, Moody's puts out a paper saying, of all the big cities, Detroit is the least in position to weather an economic downturn. Now, my brother, let's do Mm -hmm. this, Mm -hmm. because you and I talk sometimes about numbers. Let's talk about the CAFR, everybody out there. The CAFR is the Comprehensive Annual Financial financial Report, report, meaning it's an audit. It's the numbers. Listen to this, Kev. This is 2017. 
to 2018, the two fiscal years, total revenues collected by the city are down $100 million. Property taxes collected by the city in this growth period, and you left a nice tidy balance sheet, are down $90 million. Income tax revenue receipts are down $2 million. Now, the budget's balanced. Now, get this. Because $200 million, approximately, about $185 million, has been taken from public protection. Public protection. Now, there's an asterisk. I want you to explain this. It says, primarily due to $195 million in pension expense reduction. So before you answer that, it seems to me our collections are down and the only way we're balancing these books is some mumbo-jumbo with the pension. And if you really put in your pension obligations, the city is in the red. Go ahead. Well, Charlie, we, we started this discussion by saying um, I have sort of avoided uh, kibitzing. I'm not going to comment on the Capper. Okay, hear okay. me out. Hear me out. I'm no, that's because good. we're five years out. We're five years out, man. And I'm not going to kibitz on. I think the current administration and city council are working very hard to try to rationalize things and take the opportunities they have to put them in a more normal basis. So I think it's unfair of me. I really do sincerely think it's unfair of me five years out to sit here and and you know, sort of kibitz and or critique or analyze things for several reasons. One, I think philosophically that's not right. I did my job. We left it with a good balance sheet. Things were directly going in the right way. That, that was my job. Number two, okay. I'm not there. Okay. I don't have the insight into all the numbers. And, and as with any financial report, you know, you, you have to look at the footnotes, numbers, reserves, and, and annex, you know, the appendix to try to understand it. So, and I, I don't have that kind of insight, so I think it would be fair. Number three, I don't really feel that there is any bad faith effort, either by the administration or by the city. I think they're working very hard to try to make sure the city stays on course and goes forward. So it would be unfair for me to kibitz in any way. Suffice it to say, the opportunities that were given have placed the city in a better position than it would be. Because by this time, according to our forecast, 75% of that general fund budget would be dealt with would be dealing with legacy obligations. Mm-hmm. That would be catastrophic. Oh, I'm completely on record as uh, having supported the notion of bankruptcy. Like it had to be done. You know what what needed to be done uh, it's a could be a philosophical argument. I also realize there's negotiations in there. Like I I don't know why we have this hybrid pension system where part of it's paid by the government and part of it's a 401k. I, I get the idea that well, I, you got to get this thing done. That. Yeah, I can come. That, that is a negotiated settlement. And the way it was structured, because we had obviously previously a defined benefit plan, which had a guaranteed 9% rate of return. And if the city, you know, for whatever reason, the funds didn't produce that year over year, the city had to make up the difference. So for instance, in 2009, when the funds went down by 26%, the city guaranteed 9%. That was a 35% delta. Okay, right. that was a huge number, huge. And so you can't. And, and frankly, the the national average for rates of return on pension investments is generally six and a half to seven percent. DC, I think, has the lowest at 7.25. I think Detroit now has the second lowest 
after we went out at, I think, 7.5, but the average in municipal area is 8, 9 is high. They couldn't do that. But two, as part of negotiate a solution, we create it going forward, not defined benefit, but defined, a hybrid defined benefit defined contribution plan. So the pension holiday that the city gets is allowed to get its books and records, and I think there's some recent statements by the city administration that they're building up a rainy day fund and they are prepared to adjust for any headwinds or milestones. Nah. The other thing is, the, the, well, let me finish. Let me finish. I, I don't know. I'm just saying that's what I've heard. Um, the, the restoration potential um, jumps up in, I think it's June 2023, but that only occurs if, one, there's a condition precedent. There's certain money, and I think it's called a pension restoration fund. And two, if the pension funds reach certain funding levels, and three, then only after those conditions happen does a certain amount of money in the pension restoration fund, not from the general fund, go to the pension funds, GRS, general services, and PFRS. So if, if, if they're mature, we're in a remarkably uh, strong economy. I mean, the, the usual readjustments are 7 to 10 years. We, that was from 2008, 2009, we're outside of that. But the market, think of this, Charlie. In 2006, Keep it simple. the Dow Jones Industrial Index was 6,200. It's now 24,000 four times. If, if, I think if it's a bubble. Prudent, you can restore it. Because it, it, it may be. It that's is like, a bubble because, look, you, you, you're you a big financier guy who used to be a Trotskyite, so you know what's going on. <laughs> there, when in the history of this country have stocks gone up, precious metals gone up, and the bond yield gone down, meaning bonds are ex- secondhand bonds are expensive to buy. They're supposed to move in opposite directions. What it says to me is exactly what yeah, I feel Laffer in my curve. gut. Huh? Yeah. The Laffer curve. Yeah, but, but here's the thing, Charlie. So how is that? that you, well, let me finish, Kev. I got it. Come on now. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> so what, what, what am I supposed to bank on? What, where are we? Everybody's unsure. That's why everybody's just throwing shit at the wall and hoping they're investing properly for the future. But if I can't figure it out for my own home and I look at the city and they can't figure it out and their collections are going down, and you really did set them up to increase collections because property taxes are where it's at. What are we doing? What's up with the economy? Is it a bubble? Let me, let, I don't know. Well, well, let me say it. Let me say it this way. One, economic bubbles have been going on since the first one, which was in 1632, Holland, the two above crisis. We've got 30 seconds to get to today. Turkey, okay, from 30 <laughs> uh, going on. Number two, number two. His, what do you bank on? Historically. The stock market in our society over a 30-year period of time has always increased. So you can take a snapshot. You can take when I got out of school in 83 and the great Black Monday of 1988. You can take 1991-92, uh, the stock market a crash having to do with uh, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. You can go into dot-com, telecom, Y2K, 99 to 2000. You can go back to real estate, 2001. You can go IndyMac, WAMU, Bear Stearns. You can go to Lehman Brothers, Chrysler, GM. 2008, 2009, 2010. There are always going to be economic crises. Over the long term, though, the general growth of the market and stability is positive just because we've gone from a country of 120,000, say in the early 60s, a country of 320 million, to a country of 330 million, and people are still going to buy, you know, soap, uh, dishwashing detergent, uh, paper towels. In other words, economic activity will grow over the long term. There are going to be dips and dives 
And that's why it's important to be prepared for a correction, because that's normal. In fact, mm. some economists, some fiscal policy would say corrections are actually necessary to reset the growth that could outstrip actual numbers. The one indicator that you didn't mention, Charlie, and I'm not an investment advisor, so I don't want to give anybody investment advice. The one thing that is unique to this period is inflation is low, okay, number one, and interest rates are also relative. So the cost of funds is low. That being said, there are indicators such as uh, growth relative to keeping up with real salaries, real compensation increase is something we have to look at. So I'm, I'm not giving any advice. I'm just saying that overall, overall, there may be bumps on the horizon. But over the long period of time, if you're in a stable position and prepared, you can ride them out. Yeah, and other cities have. Now, let, let me just quick hard left turn here. Yeah, yeah. Flint. One, your idea, because you were you're you know you were trying to monetize uh, Detroit water storage, right? Mm-hmm. And who's knocking on your door, pushing for Flint to split away? Who 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 is in there really advocating that Flint should go on its own new system? Can't speak to Flint because it's still under investigation. Ooh. So, so I, well, all I can say, which is it's been reported, I'll say it's been reported. I personally did not want to see Flint go away, as most people did not, because that was an account. And my fear was that if they went, the the Great Lakes Water Authority, which was created, we would not have the customer base. Because remember, Detroit Water and Sewer System was owned by Detroit, but 60-plus percent of our revenue and customer base was outside the city. It was a suburb. So I didn't want to see, you know, if I were running a business, I don't want to see any customers leave my hamburger stand and go over and get a hot dog. I want them to stay here. Okay. If you recall, though, in all fairness, you know, it was the elected officials that voted to go away for KWA, Karagandi Water Authority, which have been under discussion since the 60s, to go back and look at the history. That's been going on for a long time because they were upset that the DWSD was charging them for elevation and distance in terms of. Yeah, well, there, there's no doubt they paid a high rate and that the locals, they in were fact, they, they wanted a cheaper water and they right. did rubber stamp it. They wanted it too. And, I, I, and and as far as who was pushing or whatever, Charlie, uh, as uh, Sandra Sabota used to tell me uh, in Latvian, not my drova, not my soup. Okay. Not I'm, my pig, not my Don't pig. comment on this. I just want to tell you <laughs> something in case you didn't know. The, the bond attorney for Flint was also the bond attorney for Genesee County. And to just right. make the circle neat was the bond attorney for the KWA, one-stop shopping. Right? Uh, now, that's, that's, look. I'm not going to criticize an attorney for having. No, I'm just going. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just going to say. Yeah. And then, and then the the um, bond attorney is now the CFO for Detroit, but isn't a certified public accountant. It's really interesting. Started Charlie, to, I'm yeah. not going to criticize uh, anybody. Look, can, let, let me let me ask a question, Kevin. Let me let me kind of ask something specific to Detroit. Are we better off uh, than we were? Our, our population is still down. We don't have a land use strategy. A lot of the collections um, that you talked about, whether it was park revenue from the parking tickets, revenue from income tax, which you know was kind of iffy, property tax. Those things, in my opinion, could have been done without you know uh, bankruptcy. But are we better off? I mean, certainly we've got the bright, shiny things downtown, but. From a stability and a growth standpoint, have we really had or experienced any improvements? I, I think without a doubt, you're better off. And I think, that, you know, let's, let's 
just acknowledge that facility and growth in concentric circles for any city, whether it's Washington, D.C., that went through the control board in the 90s, same question was asked. The issue, though, is the timing. So when, when Charlie was talking about investments, don't think of investments as money. Think of investments as time, because it takes time for there to be a return. Washington, D.C., having gone through a D.C. control board in the 90s, is just in the past 10 years realizing the benefits of that process with its growth and development in areas that previously people had written off, which built up Roslyn and Clarendon across the river in Prince George's County. Just now, people are coming back into the city in droves. You can look at New York City in the 70s, had a municipal assistance corporation. There were people who thought that Brooklyn, Bronx, BBQ, Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens were dead. Okay, so they were going out to Westchester County. They were going across Bergen County in New Jersey. Look at BBQ now, Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens now. The loss, the development, the coffee houses, the young people. So, so what I, the reason I said think of it in terms of time and not money, everybody's expectation that demographic trends and structural growth is going to occur in a relatively short period of time in the history of a city, five years, may be somewhat unreasonable. It may take 10. It may take 15. It may take 20. Uh, Miami, as I mentioned before, but I went down there in 83, burned every summer after the Arthur McDuffie killings, a black motorcyclist that was murdered by six white cops, and they moved the trial to Tampa. When those cops were acquitted, the city burned 83, 84, 85. Nobody thought that Miami would ever come back. And if you go down there on Brickell Avenue or even in Miami City proper, it's doing phenomenally well, not just Southeast. So, so my, my point is, Karen, these, these things take time. And they take time to structure out, but without a doubt, restructuring the balance sheet and providing for revenue, uh, specifically almost a billion dollars cash to the pension funds, was a pretty significant benefit that no other city has had. They, uh, yeah, they teach sure. this. They teach it at Harvard. Of course, Miami has yeah. sun and a lot of international capital. Uh, New York's got Wall Street. We have water. It's good. We don't have that. No, anymore. you you have you the have the largest. You have the largest, most important trade crossing between the United States and our trading, one of our number one trading partners, Canada. People, there, there were 18 stoplights between Windsor over to the U.S. part, and when that new bridge, Gordy Howe, gets built, that time, a long-haul trucker, that they would lose in traffic, is going to go away. That is a tremendous bit. You have over 3,000 people that come through that tunnel every day to work in the medical industry. So, no, you don't have 300 sunny days, and you may not have Wall Street, but you have a lot of assets in that city, yes, not to do. mention. We do. And, 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 and we, I mean, and, I love Detroit. <laughs> and, uh, well, we're glad to hear that, and I love Detroit, too, so much that I live here. Um, but the, 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 no, no, I'm saying that to say because we got all these people excited about Detroit, including a lot of appointees that don't live here. Um, but there's still right. there's still two issues that, in my opinion, uh, need not just an investment, as you said, of money, but an investment of time, because new people are coming into the city while legacy Detroiters are moving out. But the new Detroiters stay until either one or two things happen, when they have a child yeah. and have to take that child to yeah. school or until they get yeah. robbed. So crime and education continue yeah. to be two thorns in our city side. Um, that will, in my opinion, continue to inhibit its growth or stability, as well as lack of a land use strategy. I mean, you know, we've got our issues with the demolition and the questions around the demolition dollars. There's a federal investigation going on, so we may be repeating some issues around did you, here. Did you get called on that, Kevin, by the way? Those demolition no, dollars? I, I mean, no. I, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm going to stay with that. I, I will say this, though. 
I do think there's a land use strategy because it was in place. I think the administration has one, and certainly the desire for demolition is an understandable desire in the city. Okay, no, nobody wants the not just the kids to walk through, but but residents. You want. But the city Kevin, to be let me. I don't mean to interrupt that. you, and I mean this with the <laughs> utmost respect. We've been having that conversation right. about safe routes to school and kids not walking through. At least, what is this? 2019. Uh, at least for 18 years that I can remember. So we've been having that conversation. I, I, um, I hear you. Yeah, I we, hear you. we have. And, and, we, we and have it hasn't it, changed. We have it here in D.C. We have it here in D.C. Yeah. I mean, that's why I, as we started this discussion, I really do sincerely mean it. I think these are macro social issues that there is necessary at a federal level because crime isn't just crime. Crime is also values, behavior, conduct, jobs, opportunity, investment. Crime is, is very multifaceted, okay, but also education. And edu- even here in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, we are still cycling through our educational system, and that is a pretty much a challenge worldwide, uh, nationwide. I mean, I don't, I'm not in, you know, concerned about the majority of the world. I'm concerned about our country. So as I started, I said, these are really significant issues that we all need to sit around the table and get with. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, Barack Obama's administration had the 21st Century Policing uh, Symposium, and uh, Chief Ramsey and some others went to it, and they produced a beautiful report. It has somewhere neighborhood of 18 different decretal provisions. How many people do you think have read it? None. Again, None. it's a boring report. It sounds like Project Safe Neighborhoods. That was a national initiative, Detroit. You know, the Boston 10-point right. plan, that was one thing that was rolled out that other cities right. were encouraged to, you know, try to duplicate or apply to their city. I mean, the the, the reality is, and, and I'm not, I'm just saying this not even to you, as, uh, but it, it's like nothing ever really changes. You know, Detroit had some issues, but Detroit, in my opinion, wasn't a bad city. I mean, we weren't waiting for somebody to come and save us. Uh, certainly, Mike Duggan was not the person to come in and save the city. Uh, in my opinion, the city has not been saved. Um, some of those things, you know, we talked about um, uh, response times for, you know, our law enforcement, our, our, our emergency vehicles. I mean, we didn't have a tiered system in terms of those calls that came in. Everything was a priority call. So if some, if Charlie called and he had a hangnail, he got the same attention as if, you know. Uh, you got a question for him? No, I don't. I'm just frustrated. Jaja, sorry. fucking pissed. <laughs> you hear it, Kevin? I came in here pissed. I, I hear it. I hear it. Like I, what, what did I say? No, it's what not you, said, Kevin. Said, hey, what, I corrected. Kevin, Kevin I it's not you. It is not you. Down. I have nothing I but the I utmost know. respect for you. You know that people around no, no, you think highly of you. Absolutely. But I have lived here all of my life. I have You're not feeling it, are you? Not, I'm not. Here feeling, you go again. You know, I'm not. I got so. a cold Ronald Reagan here, Kevin. There <laughs> she goes again. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking. I'm oh, no, it's right. No, no, no. no. It's like, look, look. You know, it, it, okay, look, brass tax, brass tax, Kevin. I'm just, I'm going to say you, whatever you want to do. Flint, we got no justice in it, and, and you didn't want it. It's bullshit. The demolition. You were asked to change the law of what could be dumped in the hole. Now we got the feds all over here, and it's not going anywhere. We got a lot of money for rich guys downtown, and the schools are shit, and the police aren't working, and crimes through the roof. And, I, you, you know, bro. Charlie, Charlie, yeah. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Be careful. Go ahead. There are teachers in those school systems. My, my wife, by the way. Very, very, yeah, very, very. I didn't very say the school system. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just saying. Let's, let's you know. There, I come from a family of teachers. I mean, my sister buys underwear for some of her kids. 
So I'm, I'm very sympathetic to teachers. So they're working as hard as they can with what they have. Okay. The police, there are cops. That we, we just had one killed. Okay. The, the, some of these cops are some of my, you know, I'm a, Af- I'm a dark skinned African American in America. So I am fully aware having been born into racism in 1958 in the segregated West Broward clinic because they wanted to admit my mother to Broward General Hospital and told her, and I quote, Niggerous, you can't have that baby here. You have to go across two railroad tracks to the clinic. So I'm highly sensitive to issues regarding uh, abuse of police practices, racism, structural issues, highly sensitive to it. That being said, I think we have to acknowledge that some of them are doing the best they can under the circumstances. Kevin, oh, you, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, you, whoa. you will not find a person more, support, more, more supportive of teachers, of students, young people, and our police department and our fire department than you will here on this lower level. So that was not directed towards anybody. I, I in, know what. You, she you means a basement. Well, it's a lower level. But <laughs> but, all, yeah. but but no, also, I, I look, let me say this that. too. Dr. Vitti, I think, is doing a great job if, in fact, the politics would let him do what he needs to do. So I do think that DPSCD may be on the right track, but everything is still politicized. So you won't find a greater support. You won't find a greater support system for any of those than you will right here in Charlie, Bob, myself. Uh, I mean, it's just it doesn't exist. We 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 support them uh, top to bottom. That's not the issue. Without a doubt, without and that and I said what I said to make sure that no one would come away saying Kevin Orr hates cops. Oh, or, no, or, no, I don't know. No, no, they wouldn't no, say no. that. No. Our emergency manager thinks that thinks the teachers are. Well, no, you just said you had oh, some no. of his friends, so they know that. Your life got to yeah. be hard enough well, just, <laughs> just because you get to be the boogeyman, you know? Just yeah. Be- yeah, well, that's, that. you know, the Prince of Darkness is sort of my, you know, people have hung that around my neck. But I just, you know, I want people to understand I, I, I am highly sympathetic to the issues, having seen the issues that my parents went through. In the 60s, I mean, the Lennox Apartments across from 2227 Northwest Ninth Court, where I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, I remember as an eight and nine year old seeing the police tank come down the street and seeing them club kids my age because they were violating curfew. So I get both sides of it. Well, yeah, I've, I'm I've just saying, it, I've lived I'm actually, you know, and I'm, that may, I'm thinking about that. I don't mean to jump on it. All I know is this we went through hell. We called you, we hired you, you got the books in some kind of order. What we're trying, at least what I'm trying to do, is it's real easy to slide back, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm yeah. seeing it's things right. that that I don't like, that people aren't told about, and that mm, it hasn't been equitable, man. It hasn't been equitable. I, I, look, Charlie, I, I hear your voice. It's just that three three basic points, and, and as you know, I've, I've got a call. But um, uh, uh, number one, I do think it's better than where it was, and I think that's, that's apparent. Number two, I do think there is an element of good faith, even though people recognize there's disparity between downtown um, and the neighborhoods. And number three, I think, unfortunately, some of these things take a longer period of time. They certainly have in every other situation uh, that has been involved or, or studied. And we're still on, we're, we're not at the beginning, but we're still on a journey. So, so your passion and your anxiety is certainly understandable, but just understand we're, we're not alone. And thus, I will, I will end with what I started with. These are all parts of a much broader concern that really have to be handled at a national level. And we lack that kind of leadership right now. Mm. I was going to ask, so who do we support for president, Kevin? 
Let me answer this way. I am a liberal Democrat who has voted Democrat all his life. And that's it? Ever since, actually, my first, my first one was uh, 1976. Uh, Jimmy Carter. That's that's yeah. That's who I am. Well, J- Jimmy Carter's not on the ballot. Uh, probably won't be. But yeah. who, who, I mean, <laughs> although probably a lot of people would support him, he's I pretty can't. resilient. But who should we I be looking at? No, you shouldn't. And nor would we take it. Oh yeah. Oh no. I'm not taking. Oh, I'm not taking voting advice from Kevin Orr. <laughs> I just oh, want to know. No. I just want to. I just want to. It's a darkness. I just want to. I just want to know who he likes so far. Democrats. Okay. I, it, it, look, it's the, the you know my the horses are still out there in the field. None of them have made them way, their way into the barn. So you are like well, a, a well seasoned politician. I Kevin. need to do this. I know you got to go, but listen. <laughs> I thought you liked me. I thought I, you liked me. I do like you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a That's minute. a compliment. Let I me guess. remind everybody, and especially my my good friend on the far left of the aisle, uh, Kevin Orr, the Trotskyite, that there are more than two <laughs> political parties in this country. That's true. And you can find what you're looking for, and if anybody's party gets 5% of the national vote, they will get matching federal funds for the next cycle. So not voting is throwing away your vote. Is that, is that right, Without comrade? Doubt, you got to, uh, 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 my brother in arms, the, the reality is people have died, particularly for people of color. You know, you go back and look at David Hamilton's book, The Children, and you see that, in fact, the civil rights revolution in the 60s had a lot of kids in jail for someone not to vote is not only disrespectful, it's, it's sort of nihilistic. Um, it's cutting off your nose to spite your face, especially considering how close these elections are. The reality is that in the last election cycle, there were three cities that elected the current president, okay? And we know who they are, Minneapolis, Southeast Michigan, and Philadelphia. 54,000 people who voted for Barack Obama did not turn out to vote for Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump won Michigan by 13,000 votes. That's true. Yep. And nobody bothered to come here the moment USMCA was announced. Not one reporter from anywhere. Like, we don't count until it's time for the shit show to gear up, you know? Well, Kevin, hopefully... You gotta gotta go ask for the order. AFTO, ask for the order. Hopefully you'll make some time to talk to us again soon as we watch what happens uh, in terms of the financial fragility of the city. If I may say that, Charlie. Yeah, it 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 didn't hurt, did it, Kevin? (laughs) <laughs> no, okay. hey guys, look, I I've been called everything, but you know, uh, the children of God. So I've, please, <laughs> I I enjoy talking to you guys, um, and and certainly um, I listen to your podcast. So oh, okay. right on, right on. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It sure beats bacon gingerbread houses, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Don't comment on that, Kevin. <laughs> All right, Happy hey brother, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Merry holidays, Christmas so. to you, man. Okay, guys. Same to you. Too. Thanks, okay. Kevin. Bye, bye, gang. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Charlie, I just, gonna, I'm just staying out of the way, Karen. Go ahead, just let the no, steam come off of you. Just, that you was know, awesome. It was great. I mean, I certainly, I know that he has um, uh, the utmost respect uh, of a lot of people here in the city. You know, I mean, in terms of his willingness to come in here and help to try to uh, sort through decades of financial mess. However, those contributing factors were in the past or that they still existed. But I also have to respect the fact that I know he's got to be, you know, tactful in his responses and careful that his responses don't reflect on him and his team and what they did or did not do. The reality is, that this is something that I live and see every day. 
I mean, I've been in city government twice. I know what looks good. I know what looks good on paper. And I know what you have to encounter every day. A lot of the problems that we faced weren't that drastic. What they took was some willingness of somebody to make a decision and people to execute. Are we better off? No. Do we look better off? Sure. But we're kind of like a person that has filed for bankruptcy that now has a credit card, but that still has no job. We're still headed down the same path. I would say this. There's a reason. I talked to the guy. I think that's obvious. We can talk deeply about these things. He's, I'm going to say this. He's aware of the numbers. But he, I suspect he couldn't say anything because whatever he says swings the markets. It swings... Uh, Interest rates, credit ratings, all kinds of stuff. So he can't. Number two, Flint, well, that's still ongoing. Right. Demolition, that's ongoing. That's a central player in there. He can't say it, but that. just to hear him say it is enough. And again, what does he also talk about? The customers. So you're not feeling it in your neighborhood because it's not happening there. But I also want the listeners from my neighborhood, which is a couple miles away from yours, you're a customer too. That's true. That's what he was talking about. That's true. You're not getting anything. Now, is it better? I do believe it's better. First of all, it looks a little better down there. Uh, there's no more murder than there used to be. It's the same amount of murder. In a head. I'm saying it looks better, Charlie. It looks better. Well, and, the schools look—they're they're not worse. They might not be better. Well, I think I think Dr. Vitti's on the right track. Okay, then that's I re- something. I, re- I really do. I that's really something. do. I wish everybody would leave him alone and just let him. Do that see, speak. that's something. But again, what I'm worried about is I just gave you the nerd numbers. They don't seem to be trending properly. And he, what he say? Hey, you know, I mean, they go up, it goes down. But where it went down, I don't know if we get a second chance. What would it cost to borrow if we go down again? Huh. We're not paying the pensions. He told well, you that. I, I think, you know, and one of my takeaways from what he said was that, yeah, you know, things got restructured and you got, you got to hit the reset button, right? But it doesn't mean it can't go back to where it was. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to be ever vigilant. You've got to not let it, let it go down that way. And that's what you were just saying. You see it. We're not. We're, we're, we're doing not. the same shit we used to do. We are. And we don't, we have not, you know, Duggan said in, in his first uh, election or in his whatever, he said, judge me by population. You know, when you have, this is my thing. We, we don't have residency anymore. Right. But we should have a city where the quality of life is such that our police officers want to live here. Want to live here. That the appointees want to live here. I mean, to me, it starts from within. So if it's not good enough for you to live here, then is it good enough for anybody else? I get what you're saying, and I'm like, I'm at the end. I just, show me that bottom line. I look at it differently. I don't care. I don't care. Is, is people, are people's lives better? I don't care where you live. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't care. Well, that's part of what makes people's lives better or not, where they live. But I will tell you this. Crime's no different whether the li- cops lived here or not, but I will tell you that it's become a job and not a career since cops moved out. You know, when you lived in the city, that was your career. You cared about it. That's true. Now you get in your car, you drive home, you got to get up, you got to drive back down there, and it's, it's a job. Everybody else's fucking job. That's I true. feel real bad for cops. Oops. Ring, ring, ring. You know what? So that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next week. We will remain vigilant. You have to agree. 
But we will remain vigilant for you because we don't want to go back. If there's improvement, and many people will say there are, and I say there is, I don't say there's enough, and a lot of people's gotten worse. But we'll stay on them. No bullshit. Try to love one another. Going down a dirty inner city side road, I plotted. Madness passed me by, she smiled high, I nodded. Looked up as the sky began to cry, she shot it. Met a girl from Dearborn early, six o'clock this morning, cold back. About the bag, suburbia, such a drag, won't go back. Cause Papa don't allow no new ideas here. And now he sees the news, but the picture's not too clear. Mama, Papa, stop, treasure what you got. Soon you may be caught without it. The curfew set for rain, will it ever all be straight? I doubt it. Seven jealous fools playing by her rules, can't believe her. He feels so in between, can't break the scene, it would grieve her. And that's the reason why he must cry He'll never leave her Crooked children, the yellow chalk Riding on a concrete walk, the king died Drinking from a Judas cup Looking down but seeing up sweet red wine Cause Papa's allowed on you Thunder. 